You are listening to the Stand with Dignity podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. Okay. Uh, hello to everyone, and thank you for having me. Um, so, uh, can you show the first slide, please? Okay. Um, what I'm going to present is a fruit of a multi-year study uh, about Shia communities in Italy. And uh, I conducted this study from basically from November 2016 to 2020. And um, I conducted the study through observations and semi-structured interviews uh, conducted in different Italian cities. I intend to show how and why a certain uh, campaign uh, was launched in Italy and how it changed the traditional narratives about the Karbala tragedy in Italy. Uh, the qualitative methods of data gathering were directly applied in, these, in those years and in 13 Italian cities where 89 shares of different nationalities were interviewed. Uh, and Arbain, the days of Arbain and Ashura, besides the martyrdom of other Karbala tragedy protagonists, were the best ecumenical moments to observe and interact with Shia mourners. Besides that, I was also part of the campaign about which I'm gonna talk about. To, uh, I'm gonna talk about, and uh, this campaign uh, was a campaign launched in 2014 by a by an Iranian PhD student of Polytechnic University of Milan. Um, as you can see in this map, the hub of the Shia communities where I have put the green spots uh, is in Lombardy, which is a Northern Italian region. Uh, and uh, it is due to job and academic opportunities that uh, basically all uh, Muslim migrants um, prefer to go to this region, but as you can see, there are also other uh, communities in other regions. The issue is that um, this, um, the main part of the research was conducted in this region, in the where you can see uh, most of the spots is the is Lombardy. Um, so, uh, next slide, please. As you can see, um, this, this is the ritual of Battenti. Uh, it is a ritual which takes place in one of the southern regions of Italy. Uh, we do not have such uh, rituals in uh, northern regions. And the result is that uh, the concentration of Shia groups in Lombardy uh, is, accompanied, is accompanied by a wider cultural gap because Catholicism, or the main religion of Italy, is watered down in northern regions like Lombardy. So the, in these parts of Italy, I mean, in northern regions, the culture of procession and even self-flagellation that you can see, for instance, in St. Anastasia in, in these photos, uh, are quite inexistent in, southern, in uh, northern regions. Therefore, Shias have to deal with a wider cultural gap 
in Lombardy, comparing to the southern regions, such as Calabria, Campania, and Sicily. Next slide, please. The main thesis of this uh, of the article that I'm going to present is that the acculturation process, including culture learning, culture conflict, and culture shedding among Shias occurs not only due to the encounter of Shias with the alt group, namely non-Shias and non-Muslims, but also through their encounter with other Shias. Acculturation is therefore a twofold process that engage both within and without in-group. Muharram and Safar are the best moments for the study of Shia uh, acculturation processes in the European context because they provide Shias with the possibility of encountering the other and discovering the self. The day of Ashura in particular elicits Shia she has reverence and collaboration, the usual calendarical adjustment, which is the main, um, which is understood as the main coping strategies of Muslims in the West, due to the importance of Ashura, is not applied to this day. For instance, I can remember in, 2020, in 2018, uh, even though Ashura uh, had occurred in a, a Thursday, it didn't uh, impede all Shias that uh, come from uh, different Italian cities together in front of the train, the main train station of Milan. And uh, they didn't, um, they did the procession despite the fact that Thursday in Italy and in whole Europe is a work day. The, the self-discovery Ashura is not applied, uh, the self-discovery is not possible without the other, and it is uh, a, an, a sociological fact. This opportunity is particularly precious, I mean the opportunity of self-discovery is precious for Iranians who come from, uh, who come into contact with other Shias and also and especially with Sunnis, sometimes for the very first time. Because as you know, Iran is almost entirely composed of Shia population. Many Iranian interviews referred that only in Italy they had started to discover the peculiarities of Shiism. For instance, an Iranian housewife in Milan narrated that uh, she hadn't, she had never heard about uh, Piruz Nahawandi. And uh, she said that uh, while she was attending uh, an Italian lesson uh, in Milan, she had encountered a Sunni woman and the Sunni woman had asked her whether she knew Piruz Nahavandi uh, who had murdered, uh, according to the Sunni woman, uh, Omar, the second caliph. And uh, the Sunni woman also had asked her uh, whether the grave of Piruz Nahavandi is a uh, is a pilgrimage spot in Iran. The woman said that I had never heard the name of this guy and I didn't know about him. But uh, due to this question, I started to conduct a study about Piruz and And it is interesting to know that it was not only the case of Iranians. Uh, we know that Lebanon is a quite multi-confessional country 
However, I had a narratives of this kind also from Lebanese. For instance, a Lebanese girl told me that uh, only, and uh, she was a student in Lebanon, in um, Turin, and she said that only in Italy, she had started to study books of Ayatollah Khomeini, Imam Musasad, and uh, Abdul Hamid Muhajir. I asked her, if these books were not available in her country, and she said no, but the issue was that when I came to Italy, when I came to Italy, I started to feel the need to understand more about Shiism and Sunnism and the problems of Islam, because uh, she said that uh, from Italy I started to perceive my country as a very distant um, uh, space. The next slide, please. Uh, the Shia population in Italy is composed of these four nationalities. As you can see, first of all, they are Pakistanis. They are very numerous and they are de very devout. Uh, most of the uh, worship places uh, are filled with Pakistanis and uh, many of them are mm, established by them. After that, we have Iranians and then Lebanese and Afghans. Um, other components, national components of Shias in Italy uh, are from uh, a few of them. I mean, uh, we have a few Azerbaijanis, uh, we have few people from Latin America North and North Africa uh, who are converted from Sunnism uh, to Shiism or from Catholicism or other branches of uh, Christianism uh, to, to Shiism. Italian converts are very low in number. They are more or less around 2% of Shia population in Italy, but they are very active and militant. Next slide, please. Uh, the first contact of the Italian peninsula with the Islamic culture occurred in Sicily, where I am currently based. Um, they, they were, there were two dynasties. First of, first of all, they were Aghlabids, who were Sunnis, and in, uh, they governed the island, this biggest, the biggest island of the Mediterranean Sea uh, in the 9th and 10th century. After them, uh, Calvids arrived. They were vessels of Fatimids, and uh, they were Shias, they were Ismaili Shias, and it is said that they had brought some um, customs and some rituals of Shias into this island. And um, it was the first contact of the Italian peninsula with the Islamic culture. Next slide. Encountering the other, namely non-Muslims and non-Shias, triggers the development of coping strategies. The Shia born and even converts appeal to these strategies. I mean, they, as I said, uh, as I mentioned some examples, Shias start to obtain information about themselves, about their religion. Um, they, they obtain information about their own culture and about their history. They rationalize their religion. I mean, they, mm, they remove the components, those components of their religion that they are not explainable 
through uh, rational mind and through rational language to others. Um, and then they adopt a sort of selective approach to, um, towards their religion. In this way, uh, they become creative and they remove those components of their religion that cannot, that cannot be understood by outsiders. Next slide. Uh, she has found the courage to do the processions in Italy quite late. I mean, comparing to other European countries like the UK and, um, for instance, France, um, that had uh, a, a quite a strong uh, colonial background. Uh, in Italy, a Pakistani interview is referred that in only uh, in 2008, uh, they had they found the courage to launch some processions. Uh, I mean, in on the public land uh, to do mourning for I Imam Hussein. Uh, in in the 19s, they had to go. To, they had still to go to London to participate in processions. In Italy, uh, the first processions in 2008 uh, occurred in Milan. Then Brescia, Turin, Carpi, Rome, and Legnano. When Muharram is approaching, debates on how to commemorate the Karbala tragedy fill the Shia online communities because I am also part of the online communities and I observe these debates on how to commemorate it. Um, in Italy, processions work as a, a sort of double-edged sword. Besides offering identity and a sense of continuity to Shias, the processions become suitable terrain for sectarian debates, sarcastic comments, and even attacks against Shias. Next slide. As you can see in this slide and also other two slides that I have put to show the invisibility of uh, the Shia worship places. Can you show also the other next? Yeah, these two, yeah, also the next photo, yeah. These are the photos that I have put to show as an example that um, actually the buildings that she has used in Italy uh, for their gathering places are uh, completely invisible to outsiders. And the, there isn't any aspect of these buildings that make them distinguishable from their giant buildings. And um, uh, the, the Shias are usually invisible, as I said. Uh, the Italian Shia worship halls are indistinguishable, yeah, in this way, yeah. During other periods of the year, it is impossible to find a website or the contact of Shias, their phone numbers, their websites, etc. Uh, and the Muslim umbrella organizations usually do not insert Shia gathering places within the list of their so-called mosques. Actually, in Italy, due to some le legal issues, uh, we do not have real masks. And what we have are some um, gathering places, garages uh, that uh, are called masks. By the way, the, these Muslim umbrella organizations usually do not insert Shia worship places. So for a researcher like me, when I started my uh, study in 2016, uh, there wasn't any there wasn't any suitable method, there was any easy method to trace 
these uh, places are gathering. And I found them through informal methods and uh, words of mouth. Um, through uh, processions, she airborns uh, uh, obtain self-esteem. Converts, Italian converts, I mean, by difference, do not need such an instrument for improving their opinion of themselves. Moreover, converts consider processions as useless and even brutal in the public sphere. They prefer to limit their public presence to the contemporary and universally advocated cases, like the cases of Syrians and Palestinians. Next slide, please. Yes. This one is uh, the American anthropologist Roy Rappaport, and uh, he believed that the form and the content of rituals were inseparable and interdependent. Not any form is suitable to any content and vice versa. Based on his idea, I mean, uh, based on the idea of Roy Rappaport, I asked myself, when in Italy, due to the legal problems that we have for processions, um, we observed the mu a mutation in the form of processions um, and um, due, to uh, due to political reasons when we have these mutations, can we expect a change also in the content of processions and mornings of Shias? Next slide. Uh, before answering the question, which I'm going to answer at the end of this presentation, uh, let's look at the process through which a myth is born. When a cultural symbol is born, we are in front of a process of mythopoiesis. This is a, as you can see in this uh, slide, it, this is a process composed of three phases. First of all, a, his, a historical event, usually of a traumatic nature, is detached from its historical context. Then, it, uh, this historical event that becomes the historicized is transformed in archetype. Then it is converted in symbol. In this way, the episode is dehistoricized and will become the universal representation of a cultural complex. People then would identify themselves with those symbols. Symbols communicate with people in a synthetic and a short manner. They involve emotions in a semi-aware manner without engaging intellectual capacities. Symbols urge people to act without complicated verbalizations. Next slide. Imam Hussein has become the archetype of the right man, a symbol used in Iran since the constitutional revolution for social mobilization against his presumed enemies. The figure of Imam Hussein has adopted itself to various occasions, and not just in Iran. I can, uh, uh, I've read about cases of this kind also during the history of Iraq. It has, uh, Imam Hussein has become a multivocal symbol and has been representing different realities. Thus, it seems to be a floating 
significant with a fixed meaning. In the existing eulogies for the protagonist of the Karbala tragedy, no one refers to historical realities and no one participates in the commemorative rituals to gain knowledge about the historical event, but to gain tabab. It is obvious that no one would go to a mourning ceremony to uh, like a historical, uh, like a lesson of history to gain information about Imam Hussein. It is uh, actually the nature of the mourning ceremony that um, that is a terrain, uh, a place, a venue for gaining sabab, and people looks at these ceremonies in this way. Next slide. According to my observations, two factors condition the approach of Shias uh, towards the Karbala tragedy in Italy. And um, one of these factors is the age of people. The other is the reasons of immigration. I'm obviously talking about Shia-borns and not converts in this case. Um, these uh, two factors, I mean, the age and the reason of immigration, determine the level of receptivity towards the new ritual forms. Those who immigrate for manual works and commerce are more interested in economic profit and has limited relationship with the European context. Studies show that the strong economic interest reduce the cultural interest of immigrants for their new context. Conversely, those who immigrate, who, who immigrate for academic activities are more open to cultural offers of the host context. The well-educated travelers show more cultural involvement with the host context. Pakistan has entered into agreement with Italy regarding the recruitment of workers as part of the decree on entry flows from non-EU countries. This agreement has encouraged many Pakistani workers to find their way in the Apennine Peninsula. Indeed, uh, almost all of my, Pakist my in Pakistani interviews have come to Italy, uh, I mean, men <clears throat> as workers, and then they had applied for family reunification regime, and uh, through that, uh, they had brought their families. Whereas, not just based on my study, but also other available studies on the number and situation of immigrants in Italy, um, Iranians choose Italy mainly for pursuing academic career. Pakistanis have a strong desire of expressing their emotions through processions. Uh, this strong desire has made procession almost exclusively a Pakistani affair, even in other European countries. Uh, for instance, I saw I've seen that um, even Sunni Pakistanis participate in the Shia processions, and they uh, even hold um, processions for events related, episodes related to the life of the Prophet, for instance, the uh, martyrdom or the demise uh, of the Prophet, for instance. The procession, which is one of the expressive instruments of the traditional Shiism, has demotic and repetitive language. It loves performance and depends on local languages. 
The language and the way of being of the traditional Shiism is not comprehensible to outsiders. To decode the codes of the traditional Shiism, the person needs to have lived that reality. For instance, on the 16th of September, 2018, I participated in a procession of uh, a procession organized for Ali Asghar. Um, I participated in this procession in Brescia, which is a city in Lombardy. And uh, I saw that there was um, a trolley and on this trolley, uh, a cradle was positioned and women um, who uh, had their desire already realized would bring apples, money and um, uh, baby clothes. And other women who had some desires to be realized would take from those items. And this exchange of the sacred was quite familiar for me who come from the Shia background, but it was not for outsiders. Oh, another example that comes to my mind uh, occurred uh, in Milan uh, when I participated in an Iranian ritual, which is called Sofred Nasri. And uh, this ritual has Zoroastrian roots, by the way. And I can remember that I, uh, on that day, I was accompanied by an it Italian Catholic and uh, Italian Catholic girl. And uh, she, we went in this ceremony and uh, there were many ritual um, elements, for instance, candles. Uh, there were, uh, it was a tablecloth extended on the, uh, on the floor. And uh, there were small Korans and a small uh, mafoti and duas and um, fruits and other objects. Uh, I can remember that the Italian uh, Catholic girl uh, cannot relate with them, but also an Italian convert, uh, I mean, a, con a woman converted to Shiism uh, who had come to participate in the ceremony could not understand those elements. And it shows that uh, the relationship of Shias with the elements of their ritual is much uh, related and linked uh, to their cultures instead of uh, religion. So uh, a change of religion, a shift in the religion of people cannot uh, make them understand uh, the meaning of those uh, very deeply culturally uh, linked elements. Um, therefore, the language of the, I uh, mentioned these two examples to say that the language of the traditional Shiism is very much uh, linked to the culture of participants. Uh, and because of that, it is not satisfactory for those Shias that I that for different reasons want to communicate, want to relate with their uh, with outsiders. I mean, with uh, non-Muslims or non-Shias. Students who were, who are willing to relate to the host context, therefore, preferred another method of commemorating the Karbala tragedy. Next slide. The traditional Shiism is concerned with gaining otherworldly reward or sawa. It does not share about, uh, it does not care about verbalizing its behavior in order to engage 
outsiders. Whereas some Shias who intend to relate with their host context use this historical anecdote to dialogue with outsiders. In 2014, for instance, an Iranian PhD student of the Polytechnic University of Milan launched a campaign, which at that time did not have any clear name. The then nameless movement was formed with the scope of giving information about Imam Hussein and his vicissitudes to European non-Muslims. Students would move besides mourners and distribute leaflets, and I myself am part of this campaign. Students wanted to found something different from, from the well-known campaigns such as Huiz Hussein or the 10th day, which offer various and differing social services. The Iranian students wanted to concentrate on the Karbala tragedy and to target exclusively non-Muslims. They called their movement with different names. It was once called Ashura and even who is Hossein. They did not have clear ideas. Initially, they did not have clear ideas on the nature of their activities. Students in different European countries and from dissimilar religious backgrounds joined the movement. They are from Bahraini, Pakistani, Iraqi, Iranian, and Afghan origins. In Italy, they walk besides processions and distribute pamphlets and other materials such as water bottle. And during the pandemic, they uh, also uh, distributed mm, the mask, face mask, for instance, or, um, uh, or um, hand washes or, for, or uh, sanitizers for hands, uh, for instance. Um, they distributed water bottle that symbolizes the thirst of protagonist of the tragedy, the Karbala tragedy. Whereas in Bradford, for instance, given the strong presence of Pakistanis, the students have preferred to distribute materi materials within some open air structures such as stands, instead of walking besides the processions. In Bradford, for instance, one of my interviews said that uh, in presence of Pakistanis who already know about this historical episode, uh, they decided to seek other venues for finding non-Muslims. Whereas in the Italian cities, without processions, the distribution of pamphlets would have not created any curiosity among outsiders. This campaign has recently found a name. The students currently call it Ashura Worldwide. It has a logo and it, uh, present, um, it is present on different social media platforms. Next slide, please. Uh, as I said, I'm a member of this campaign and these are some photos of this campaign. Um, each year, a while before Muharram, a telegram group is formed and some PDF booklets of uh, instruction in Persian and English are published for volunteers. Students are emphatically asked to ask to keep some important points in mind. They should minimize the tragedy details as much as they can, lest confusing non-Muslims. 
The Karbala tragedy with all its antagonists and protagonists should be limited to its central hero, namely Imam Hussein. The Arabic names should be removed. The only date to remember is 680. No hint to the Shia Sunni rift should be dropped. Only the pure Islam, in quotes, should be introduced. Hussein was a peacemaker. Once in their leaflets, uh, Imam Hussein was even compared to Gandhi and uh, another time with Jesus Christ. Hussein is presented as the one who fought for establishing justice. In 2014, and the years after that, students used the Syrian crisis to present Shiism as an alternative to the Sunni jihadism and violence. In this way, she has created a suitable terrain to share um, what um, they could share, uh, where they could share the cause of this, their sufferance with Europeans. Because uh, as you know, for instance, in Afghanistan, in Pakistan, in wherever she has, also in Iraq, wherever she has are under the domain of the, the majority Sunni population. Uh, we have had, uh, in the history, we have had uh, episodes of persecution and torture and killing of, uh, for instance, Shias. So uh, Shias, actually Shia students in this case, used uh, the Syrian crisis to show the, to, to talk and relate with outsiders and say that uh, we are actually on the same boat. We, have, we are suffering from the same cause, which is violence and extremism. Uh, in their narratives, in the narratives of students, injustice was not what Umayyads inflicted upon Imam Hussein and his family but the harm of the Islamic fundamentalism, which casually in those years was represented by Sunni Muslims. Next slide. This approach, I mean, the approach of students to the Karbala tragedy causes uh, an, an inversion of the misopoiesis process. In other words, the myth returns to its historical nature, as you can see in these three phases. Next slide. The, as you can see in this uh, slide, um, the the uh, element that has become a myth, and uh, as I uh, try to explain it, uh, in the narrative of a students turn to be uh, to its historical place, but it, it is simplified. And um, it has become um, easy to understand for outsiders and non-Muslims. Next slide. Here I presented the reasons why two different ways of commemorating the Karbala tragedy have emerged in Italy. Uh, these rituals in Italy provide Shias with a series of both opportunities and challenges that work as catalysts of change. Firstly, since Shiism in Italy, like Islam in general, is multi-ethnic, 
In ecumenical moments, the ethnic peculiarities cannot but surface. Italy, uh, as, you, as you can understand, uh, looking at the geographical position of this peninsula, is, um, um, is considered the port of Europe. It is near North Africa, and uh, it is also near um, uh, the Asian uh, parts of the Mediterranean basin where, for, for instance, Lebanese are based. Uh, so uh, both because of this and uh, more importantly, because of the absence of a, a strong colonial background, which is present, for instance, in the case of the France and the UK, uh, we do not have that strong relationship of this country with one uh, single ethnicity or nationality. And it is why Islam and also Shiism in Italy is a multi-ethnic uh, and multinational reality. Uh, so it is why in, a, in an occasion like, for instance, procession or mourning ceremonies, uh, we are in front of uh, the encounter between uh, different uh, nationalities, different Shias, different uh, Muslims. Um, so these uh, processions actually uh, present uh, opportunities of knowing the self and the other. Um, the Italian public sphere, um, as a result of this ecumenical presence, uh, become a stage for confrontation between two antithetical methods of commemorating the Karbala tragedy. The first method, as a result of this encounter, this, and, and as I said, uh, as she has uh, a while before Muharram start to talk about how to uh, commemorate this tragedy, um, two antithetical methods of commemorating emerge. The first method adopts Ashura to the demands of the host society, sacrificing symbolic elements of the message in favor of verbal ones. It is the method of students, obviously. Whereas the second and the more traditional method remained attached to its conventional instruments, partly to compensate for its uh, usual lack of visibility. As I said, Shias are uh, usually invisible in this peninsula. So uh, traditional Shias used uh, processions to gain self-esteem and to gain visibility. Apart from Italy's contributions to the mutation of the rituals, there was also an unwanted but important impetus for change, the rise of Sunni extremism in those years. Uh, that unexpectedly benefited the students as they managed to define themselves as counterexamples to terror terrorism. In Iran's contemporary history, Ashura was exploited as a catalyst for political mobilization in difficult moments of revolution and war. In those moments, Imam Hussein became a paradigm of a just man employed to denounce his counterexamples, who was once Shah and then Saddam Hussein. In Italy, justice is not what the Umayyads deprived the third Imam of, but European peace jeopardized by Sunni extremism. This news signified of justice offered by the young Shias 
was a common terrain to engage with a relatively hostile context. Hostile context. In Rome, the absence of procession and what could capture the public's attention, because uh, in Lombardy we had processions, but in Rome it was uh, it was not present. So um, Iranian students became creative and linked their campaign to the International Day of Peace. The desire to be perceived as messengers of peace inevitably distanced students from the traditional ritual symbols that evoked battlefield soldiers and bloodshed. <clears throat> On the day of Ashura, students in different European cities were given white showers and were asked to preferably avoid black clothing. And also this one was one of the novelties and new elements that uh, Italy offered to uh, students. I mean, wearing white clothes instead of uh, black, uh, black clothes. Thereby, uh, zanjir uh, and means of self-flagellation were replaced by pamphlets, flowers, and bottle, uh, water bottles. It was understood that hysterionic expression, meth expression methods in Italy would raise the chance of sectarian attacks against Shias, whereas the need for universal credibility was met with rational and sober behavior. Returning to Rappaport's theory, the American anthropologist that I showed uh, at the uh, first, and the question that I asked uh, at first, uh, what happens to these rituals in Italy does not only consist of the emergence of new presentation patterns and new presentation methods, new languages and physical gestures, but also the birth of a new concept of justice. This new definition of justice is traceable in how Iranian students narrate the martyrdom of Imam Hussein to outsiders. They de-dramatize, historicize, and sim simplify the event. As I, as I said, in the preparative um, meetings, and encounters before the processions, before the campaign, Ashura Worldwide campaign, we are asked to simplify the event. Uh, so Imam Hussein is compared to universally known symbols like Gandhi and Jesus Christ to be uh, more, uh, to be more easily under, uh, comprehensible to non-Muslims. Thank you, I have finished it. <laughs>